Hello, my name is Julie King and this is the Bonnelly Tourism in a New Era podcast. Each week I'll be interviewing global leaders in the complete tourism supply chain. We will hear how they've adapted, challenges they've faced and overcome, new measures in place and how they are innovating and marketing to rebuild confidence. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Um, my name is Julie King and I'm delighted to welcome you all to our first Bonnelly webinar of the series, Tourism in a New Era. Today is our global audience um, on the call represents 10 countries um, and 14 sectors of the tourism industry and I'm genuinely overwhelmed by the support from everyone today, so thank you. Bonnelly is a tourism industry community platform which focuses on global industry collaboration and driving 21st century thinking to positively shape the future of tourism and create a positive impact in the world. We know the impact of COVID-19 on an $8.9 trillion industry that accounted for 10.3% of the world's GDP and one in 10 jobs around the world has been devastating and heartbreaking to witness in an industry that we're all extremely passionate about. We created Bonnelly in response to the impact of the global pandemic in 2020. It is a platform for good that brings the whole global tourism industry together across all sectors to collaborate and unite for common purpose and address industry challenges to shape the future of tourism. The purpose of our webinar series is to engage the global tourism industry through thought-provoking and open conversations on the future of tourism, where it's moving to, how we can together ensure the sustainability of businesses and the environment. There will be many disruptive discussions. It is important, however, that we allow ourselves to be open to thinking in new ways and to consider many options and many opinions. Our focus will be on leading the conversation with global industry leaders across the sectors of the industry and we'll promise you that this is going to be an insightful series. We all know that we can't let the industry go back to what it was. We need to reshape it into one that's sustainable for the economy, our businesses and the planet together. The webinar series will be open to everyone. Our focus is on global collaboration and bringing a community together. It's not about competing interests. As our community builds, Bonnelly will also be donating an amount to the Business of Brand L&D Foundation, which we'll talk about later on. And this will provide support to disadvantaged businesses in tourism and countries throughout the Bonnelly platform, as well as the Business of Brand programs. So without further ado, I want to introduce you today to our panelists. I'm honoured to welcome Lindsay Boyd, founder of the Business of Brand Group, along with Tim Dwyer and Sarah Skeets, who are global partners. Lindsay is a visionary leader, a serial entrepreneur, an international speaker and author of number one bestseller, Brand Famous. She's also known for building famous brands and speaking on the world stage about global trends. Tim is a business growth specialist, a consultant, entrepreneur, mentor, keynote speaker, and business leader. He specializes in helping businesses strategically, growing their assets, increase their business value, and leverage their capabilities. And Sarah is renowned for her experience in brand and marketing across a number of the world's largest brands, most recently as a head of brand at NAB, which is the National Australia Bank, where she delivered the latest brand strategy, More Than Money. Sarah actually also was our key brand advisor in the development of Bonnelly, and I'm really, truly um, honoured to have her with me today to assist and answer as many of your questions as possible. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Julie. We are super excited to be here tonight. And I think we're going to kick off and hand over to Tim now. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Sarah. So uh, what I'm going to start with uh, today is all about the economy. Uh, so when we look at industry sectors, and we've been doing a lot of the talks in different industry sectors um, around, around the globe, uh, what we do first, though, is we start with a macro view of what's going on in the world, which is the economic side of things. Um, and then if we understand what's going on from an economical point of view, then we can understand what's going on with the trend lines um, and how the trends have changed as a result of the cycle in the economic cycle, as well as the pandemic. Um, so uh, I'm going to kick it off with the economic side of things and I'm going to hand it over to Lindsay and we're going to talk about how the trend lines have changed um, and the importance of understanding those trend lines when you're positioning your, your, new, your new business uh, for the new economy. Um, so to start off with, um, uh, we are very lucky to be in partnership with a gentleman by the name of Darren Sherlaw. 
um, who has been mapping the economic cycles um, and patterning them out for, for many, many years now. He, he walked all of our clients through the, uh, the GFC or the global financial crisis as it was known around the world. And we understood when it was going to hit. We, 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 you ne- we never know exactly why things are going to hit or why the economic cycles are the way that they are. Uh, you can't predict what causes them, but all we know is they are predictable uh, because they do go in cycles. Um, and one of the interesting cycles to be aware of is that economies go up um, in 18 years and across in 14-year cycles. Um, and so the last time we had uh, the last 18-year up was from 1981 uh, all the way through to 1999. Um, and then from two th- 1999 to 2013, we had a 14-year flat. Um, and so for the last seven years or six, seven years, we've actually been in economic recovery from the financial crisis. But interestingly enough, the pattern that shows is that six to seven years into every 18 year up, there's an L-shaped recession. So the last time we had an L-shaped recession was in 1987 to 1989. So a lot of people said that this is going to be a V-shape or a W-shape, uh, but from an economic point of view, it's an L-shape. It goes down very, very quickly and it went down very, very quickly in March. Um, And then economically, it goes flat for 18 months. Now, the reason why that's important is because we know that at the end of the flat period, we go into a high level of growth. Now, to start off with, it's a recovery of growth. It's a general recovery for the first number of years to gain what we lost through the downward cycle uh, of March to 2020. Uh, But from 2021 to 2031, the world goes into a very, very high growth period, uh, which is good news for businesses that are innovating and, and, and working their way through the th- through this sector. Now, the, the interesting thing about this is uh, when you go through this flat period, it's the businesses that innovate and change the way they do their business and their business model that get full 10 years of the upward growth. Businesses that don't innovate through the drama and through the crisis um, and businesses that are just going to hold on and wait for things to go back the way they were miss the first five years of the cycle. So what we're encouraging all businesses to do is to look at what innovation they're going to do based on the trend lines that have changed. So you want to in, businesses need to innovate their businesses based on the trend lines so that they can build their brand and build their business into the future of what's going to happen rather than what's been. So, Lindsay... So can you tell us, uh, with the trend lines, can you, can you, because what we've been talking about is we've been talking about a lot of from and to. Um, so we've gone, uh, and what this economic side of things has meant, um, there's, there's three elements to this economic cycle, cycle um, that the interesting thing is no one's managed themselves through this because we've got the economic L shape. Uh, we've got a pandemic that cr- created the shock to create the, L, the economic uh, scenario. Um, as well as we've got lots of countries operating on wartime footings in terms of their economic response to it all, which means that no one in history or no one alive today has ever managed a business through this cycle. So can you just talk about what the importance of understanding the trend lines if you've never managed through this, uh, these three factors, please? Okay, so hello everyone. Thank you so much, Julie, for having us on today. It really is incredible. And watching the chat box, there's so many fantastic business people that are from the travel industry. It's incredible. So thank you so much. Um, Interestingly, I've been through two recessions because I'm on my fourth business. And um, I have to say, coming into this exactly like Tim said, um, I have never experienced anything like this pandemic with a recession or as Darren might describe it as a depression. And you just heard Tim talk about innovation is absolutely key to be able to transition your business from what we would describe as 20th century thinking to 21st century thinking. And what that means when you go through something like a pandemic and a recession, which none of us have been through, what you find is that habits change quicker in a recession than any other time in history. 
And what that means is if you look at it from a brand perspective, a brand is always looking to see how do they change a habit? You'll look at Apple and they changed your habit from typing to swiping. And what they do when they change somebody's habit is they take over the whole of the market because now they've captured you as an audience because they've changed your habit. When you go through a pandemic, habit changes are taking place all over the place. In fact, when I was chatting with Darren and I was in the very early stage of the pandemic, I was seeing trends everywhere taking place and writing down all the different trends that were changing in a habit space. As an example, one of the biggest ones is everyone had to go into the home and they were working from the home. And so what you were reflecting upon was the habit chains changing for a business owner. What did you have to do differently to work from the home? And will you go back to working from an office again? And so when you look at habit changes taking place, you're no longer looking at solving the problem of the customer anymore you're going all the way up to the industry and you're looking across industry and you're identifying the market needs. What's the need of the market now? You heard me just say, we're all in the home. What's the need for us all to be in home? I know having two children, I had to juggle homeschooling like a lot of people did. How do you juggle homeschooling and work as well? How do you balance the life of the two? And so when you're looking at a market need, you're going all the way up to the need and thinking, what's the need of that industry? And so Bob, as a business, when the pandemic hit, we had thousands of businesses from many different industries coming to us and many actually from the travel industry. And we started teaching these industries to stop looking at the problem that they're trying to solve for a customer and start looking at the need of the market. And when you look at the need of the market, you're looking across the market and being able to identify what is the need that's going on in the travel industry? What's the need that's going on in manufacturing? What's the need that's going in on for education? And then you're able to look and be able to go into the first trend that I'm going to talk to you about. The first one is called silo to integrated. And when we talk about silo to integrated, what we're talking about is a lot of people were building their business around just their own business. They were even going up to the market and going, my purpose is around, I want to shift the travel industry for Julie. But she may have done that and talked about it from her own perspective. I want to go and do that. I want to go and engineer a better society. I want to find the cure for cancer in dogs. When you move into something that's moving from silo to integrated, what we talk about is a we conversation. The market has shifted. It is no longer in I. We are no longer building our businesses just around, I'm going to do this. We're even no longer just building our businesses. We have now moved up to an industry conversation and that industry conversation is all around how do we come together to be able to shift an industry together. So the purpose of Bob is to shift the world into a new era through the eyes of brands to create the face of modern business and the face of the modern world. And in order to be able to do that, when we all got together with my beautiful business partners, Sarah and Tim and Darren and Catherine, who's on the call today, I know the CEO and Paul, we all got together and said, how do we go and shift the world into a new era? The only way of doing that is to build brands, to shift industries, to make a positive change in the world. And then when the pandemic hits and we look and we look and we see most industries are being smashed up particularly the travel industry, particularly the beauty industry, key hospitality, these industries that are absolutely hugely affected. The only way we come together is by uniting on an industry. And what that means is uniting together. So when you move and move into this very first trend of silent integrated, 
how will I unite on my industry together? How will we come together to unite? How will we unite our industry? And in order to achieve that, the only way of doing that is going across the consumer. So you look at the whole of the transaction and not just your little piece. And when you look at the whole transaction, you go all the way up to the emotional connection of the customer and you're no longer talking to them about the sales journey. The sales journey is when you go and try and sell to them at every point. And the emotional journey is when you really listen to them and you hear what it is that they want and re-remember who they are. Why are they here? and What do they want? And when you understand what they want, then you can go out as a collective and deliver a solution across industry, bringing together multiple people from the same industry and campaign together. So, Tim, is there anything you'd like to add on there from, yeah. a, from an on-the-ground perspective? Yeah, well, so it was interesting. Someone said to me, can you just give me an example? I mean, what do you mean from silo to integrated? And what do you mean this the whole end-to-end of the customer journey? I just sort of said this off the cuff at the time. I just sort of said, well, why don't we just have a look at someone's needs all the way through from when they first leave university or even still when they're at university or they're starting to get their career, uh, what sort of holidays they'll want to do for their whole life? Uh, What sort of travel do they want to do? Do they want to travel and work overseas? Do they want to travel just for holidays? What are their travel dreams and their travel vision? Um, So a fully integrated solution would be sitting down and mapping out what a potential travel uh, plan would be for a life. That would be for the pre-marriage, for when you get married, for when you get kids, what type of travel will you be doing um, at that side of time? Because before you have kids and before you have even a a wife or a spouse, um, you'll do a lot more different things to when you're doing it when you're doing it with your wife or your your husband. And you'll do different things again when you've got kids. And then when the kids get a little bit older, you're looking for more adventures. And then, like, so there's a whole life cycle of different things. Now, what if you could map that out? Now, one of the biggest things that stops people from travelling is time and money. Um, But if you map it out and you could put a a separate fund aside uh, to sort of say, well, each week you put $200 into your travel fund, uh, that then we work with your financial planner to make sure that that's invested well. So by the time it takes, it comes for you to be doing your traveling, you're not necessarily spending all your savings, you're gonna be spending some of the investment that you've done. Um, And so therefore you've got a travel pot, which then takes away the money issue. Um, And then what you then do is you do a scheduling side of things. So therefore you become the travel uh, consultant or advisor for that person for their life. Um, At the beginning of each year, you then choose which location you're going into, et cetera, et cetera. So I've just, again, I'm just making this up. But um, the thing around it is it's looking at the whole of the problem being um, scheduling, which is the time element, and money, which is the investment side of things, and how to do it differently and not just think about it in a, in, a, in a silo mentality around, oh, this person's going to travel this year, let me, let me work out or let me put a package together. Let's look at the whole of the experience of what people are looking for because people love to travel. And once this pandemic's over, people are going to be wanting to travel again um, and they're going to be wanting to travel for longer because um, everything will bounce uh, because people are thirsty for it because we like to go out and adventure. Um, I was going to add into what Tim just said. So when we talk about going up to the market need, what we talk about is how do you go up from a business conversation to an industry conversation? How do you go up from an industry conversation to a societal conversation? So in a market need for the industry, Julie, what might be a market need for the whole of the industry? Transparency around borders opening um, would be one example. A vaccination, you know, would be another. Perfect. So transparency around borders opening and vaccination would be another. So you would look at how do you unite together across the industry and look at that market need. Okay, I'm now going to go up to a societal need. What would a societal need look like? If we were going to go up to a societal need, what might that look like? Is there something around the planet? Is there something around consumption? 
maybe Julie could you just bring in on that one for me please <laughs> hi Lindsay yes I think you know people in general will be much more conscious about consumption um, the, from the research that we're um, undertaking at the moment what we're seeing is that consumers you know will travel they may travel less frequently but they will want to travel um, to feel to be connected to local communities again um, so they'll you know it will go from global to local to be connected and and to really feel that they're actually contributing somehow back to society. There's an interesting one here, Lindsay, as well. So when we, when we look at the trends of um, what's happening now with people and work um, and the fact that so many people are working from home now uh, and the whole barriers to having to go into the office every single time um, and to have a lot more flexibility around that. Now, we've had digital natives for a long time. The younger generation have been doing this for, for quite some time now. But what this is opening up is the opportunity for people to think about, you know what, I could go and work from Spain or I could go and work from a different location and still be as productive um, and I'd still be able to contrib contribute to my team um, and I wouldn't have to be there. So what will happen is people will then start thinking about, well, what longer trips can I take and where can I go stay for a longer period of time to immerse myself in the culture? Because now I've got the freedom to be able to do it whilst also being able to contribute to my work and my work life. Perfect, thank you both of you, because that leads in beautifully to the next trend. Point number two is moving from consumption to conscious consumption. And this is a global trend. I spoke actually very early on in the pandemic for this uh, very large real estate business over here in the UK, they've got 500 offices. And I went on to do the consumer trends, which is what I tend to do. And I spoke to them about this whole trend of conscious consumption. And both Julie and Tim have highlighted it beautifully for the travel industry. And this is a trend that's going on all around the world. And actually, what we always say is trends tend to start first in the retail sector, fashion sector, because they are the ones that start trends very, very quickly. People look to them to see where trends are happening. And there's some real landmark retail stores at the moment that are transitioning their whole of the businesses over. There's one in London called Selfridges that's now transitioned over to called Planet Earth where every single thing that they put in their retail store is all around consciousness, around consumption, what they sell, where the product's from, how they sell it. And so this trend is moving into industries. And you heard Julie say there is a real consciousness that has obviously come out of the pandemic as well that was happening before around the planet, planet and travel. And I've seen a lot in the chat box around, you know, sustainability, of course, a big thing that goes on around travel. What if the travel industry, what if everyone on this call came together with Julie and backed and ran a campaign together around conscious consumption and how you were all coming together to be able to unite on the industry and be able to go out together and lead the way around the trend that is already in the consumer market. What's happening is that institutions alone will never make the change. And the only way that we will make this change is by moving from institutions into people. And you are the people. Now, the third trend is moving from faceless to face. And I'm going to use this trend because it ties in lovely to what I've just said around conscious consumption and institutions alone. We moved into an era from just building brands, businesses that were faceless. And that happened when the digital era happened because all, all of a sudden you could see into the lives of people that you could never do before. And TED Talk came along and put people on stage, business leaders on stage. And for the first time, you were watching business leaders, not talking about the P&L on their balance sheet, but talking about what we describe as purpose. And purpose was the thing that people were talking about and creating a human response. And what we started saying to people was that everybody was Googling everyone. And it was interesting because when we were speaking on stage, we were asking people who thought they were being Googled. And most people were saying no, yet 97% of the audience was saying they were Googling everybody else. So what that was proving was that the trend had moved from brand to people 
and purpose. And what that meant was that you may go out and want to do something around conscious consumption, but you can no longer lead with a business brand conversation. It won't wash. It won't land in the market anymore. People are too savvy now. And also with the pandemic, people now want to get that human response. They are craving for the person. They want to see the person that sits behind the brand. And in fact, the person is as important, if not more important than the brand itself. So when we say campaign together, and when we say go and lead an industry, And when we say move from faceless to face and look at conscious consumption as a trend that you could go around, what we're saying is this is for the CEOs, the C-suite, and the employees of the organizations. And in fact, the employees of the organization are as important as the leaders of the industry because they're the ones that are connected most with different consumers in the market that actually the brands and the CEOs and the C-suites are probably not connecting with at all. And so they are your channel to market. Now, I'm going to ask you all to Google yourselves and I'm going to ask you to do this as an exercise so that you can see how you're showing up. Are you showing up as somebody with a purpose that wants to go and shift an industry lead an industry, do something different, go and make a change, leading with purpose? Or are you showing up as somebody else? You might be showing up as a murderer on death row. We had that on a, on a stage, a 43 million pound business, and she's yelled out, oh, I'm a murderer on death row. Or are you showing up as nothing? Or are you showing up great? Are you showing up as somebody that could lead us into a new era? with a new industry, for your industry coming together. So the first trend we talked about was silo to integrated. The second trend we talked about was consumption to conscious consumption. And this third trend is around faceless to face. So the last trend we're going to talk about is one that Julie just mentioned. And that one is global to local and local to global. Now, from my old world, when I had my third business, I worked with very, very big consumer brands. And one of my brands was Wrangler, and I looked after them globally. I had 47 of their satellite agencies, and I had to run. And we termed this global. And interestingly, when I spoke on the estate agency consumer trends, I talked to them about the trend around local and what that meant. And I believe there's a big campaign going in Australia as well at the moment around local and back to local. And there is also one in the UK. What I would say is it's not just about global and it's actually not just about local. You need the global. You need the global reach. Because when you go and campaign together, when you go and do deliver a wide message that's going to go across countries, you need that global brand. You need that global definition. But what you need is the local people and the local voices on the ground speaking about it, tying in together, coming together, connecting as a community. And that goes all the way onto the grassroots of actually on the streets and in the homes. That's not just the industry leaders. That's going from global brand to local brands, you as the local brands, to actually local communities. And when you build it from the grassroots and you really listen to what's going on on the ground, in the communities, listen to what I would describe as the trends, the market need, You can go both sides. You can go global to local and local to global. And the term that we always used was global, using both sides at the same time and integrating both. So Tim or Julie or Sarah, would you like to add in on any of the trends that we've just discussed? Yeah, so Lindsay, one of the trends that I did want to mention as well was the the trends from sales-led to brand-led as well. And if we can expand on that one, because uh, what, what I have seen in the travel industry is a lot of them are very much sales-led um, and, that may, and, and it's very, very difficult to go into a, a global or a local sales pitch right now, uh, given the current environment. So 
But the thing is, the ones that are flipping to brand-led um, and the ones that are leading with purpose and going up to solve the industry and there's also the market need will start to pull the market towards them. And what they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll need um, to build some assets that pulls the market, which is marketing assets, which then supports the sales function, which means that they won't need as much of the sales function to convert what comes in through the, uh, the marketing funnel. But the key thing with, with all of that is to look at what the total solution is around um, the trend of local and global. Now, what I mean by that is um, I've seen a lot of people that they might have specialised in one, one area, they might have specialised in global, global trips or they might made, made their money in global or made their money in local. The, the whole thing is we need to look at the whole customer journey about when they start to all the way through their life of all of their travel requirements so that therefore we can look at integrating that. Now, what that means then is because we go global and local, it means that we have to collaborate better um, so that we know what all that what what is all the things that are available that can solve and and service our client bases um, and 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 work within partnership uh, with people that we might never have thought about working in partnership with before. So when we look at global and local, we've got to bring those through two together. Uh, but then we also need to take it from a much much higher brand led rather than going through a push sales led, uh, which is pushing an agenda. Go up here, find out what the market need is around global and local. Um, and then see what shows up. Perfect. And um, Unilever is a huge brand and they launched a conscious consumption campaign called Sustainable Living Products. And these brands grew 69% more than the other brands at Unilever. And it's a really fantastic statistic because when you look at something like that, that fits really well with the whole conscious consumption side of what we're talking about. And when, we, when I've always looked at trends, I've, I've had to look across industries and look at what the, what the trends are on the consumer level going across multiple industries. And then we look at how the trend drives into the industry. And it's interesting, obviously, with the pandemic, the travel industry was the one that everybody talked about because, you know, planes weren't in the air anymore. And so people obviously had a consciousness around flight. Myself, I was on a plane every single month going to New York, working with the UN. And all of a sudden, you know, I've not been on a plane since uh, January. And, you, and, you, and as, an, as a world, we all reflected on conscious consumption. Do I need to get on that plane as frequently as Tim just said? A key point Tim made, which would be a really good one to go in from a market need perspective, is people are now more conscious around they don't need to travel as much or they can go away much longer. They can now, as a business person, I am not in an office anymore. It gives me flexibility. We've also learned how to homeschool. So there will be more people moving to homeschooling and traveling and being in different locations because we've been used to, we've changed a habit, which was working from home and homeschooling our children, which impacts travel. And that means that you will travel longer, you will travel wider. And, you, and exactly like Tim said, if you go up to the market need and understand how do I deliver on that need now, you will go across the industry and look at the industry completely differently than what you've looked at. Now, what we say to people, and we've worked with so many different industries, and we've been very fortunate to have Julie on from day one, and she's worked with Sarah and the team, and we've been doing a lot of work with her and also other people in the travel industry. And what we say to people is, when you understand the market needs, you kind of need to rip the rule book up. Innovation is around looking at something through a new lens. So you, can't, you go on a whiteboard and you look at it and you go, okay, let me start again. What's the market need that's going on? What do I have that's sat in my toolbox that's great? What's my DNA as we would describe it? But maybe I need to rework the product that I have there. Maybe I need to look and rework my brand, not the branding. That's the logo, the look and feel, the visual tone. I'm talking about... What's your DNA? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What's your purpose? Why are you doing what you're doing? 
And then when you look at that, what's the emotions of the customer? How are you going to engage with that customer? And then look around you, approach Julie. Julie is all around shifting the industry, going and moving into a new space, looking at innovation in a new way and being able to think about how do we do things differently. And when you kickstart an economy, you have to unite on purpose. The only way you kickstart any economy in this world, in a conscious world, in the way that we have it, is by uniting on purpose and understanding what is the purpose that goes across all of the industry and what is your purpose that fits into that. And when you recognize each one of your purposes, you come together then as a collective and shift the industry together. And in that way, you will then build your own brand to impact an industry, and then you will shift the world together. And that moves you from what we've described as being silo to being integrated. Lindsay, with that, can I, um, uh, with this as well, what we've got here is if you can reimagine what the world could be like when it comes to travel. So if we look at the full end to end of the journey, um, an example that we can use, and a lot of tech companies do this very, very well, and that, and a lot of uh, the other trend around moving from offline to online. The, the thing around this is if you look at Uber um, and who, how Uber disrupted the entire of the taxi industry, um, and what they did is they went through the process of looking at each step in the process of what it was like to catch a taxi in, in, a, in a, uh, a country around the world. Um, and most countries, um, especially, I mean, he, even here in Australia, so when you'd order a taxi, you'd, you'd have a frustration with the phone, with ordering them uh, or hailing them. Uh, you'd have a frustration getting into the taxi. You'd have a frustration with how you paid. You'd have a frustration with where they pulled up to let you on, where you had to pay because you were blocking traffic everywhere. Um, and there was the full end-to-end of the journey. There was frustration points. Now, with the innovation side of things, if the to, to way to innovate an industry um, is to look at what are all the frustration points that go and exist in that industry right now. Now, whoever maps that out can then start to saying, okay, and as you say, lead with purpose, which is to shift the industry and to change what's not working. And then they can work out what their role is in changing an element of that. And then how do they work with others that can help change other elements of that so that the entire journey and all the issues that sit within it can be fixed. Um, There will be someone out there doing it right now. There's people all over the place innovating right now because we can't help it. Uh, When we see a problem, we want to fix it. Um, And so it's the entrepreneurial leaders, uh, the people that can see the problem that want to solve it, are the ones that actually uh, create it. Now, in the Uber's world, they did it on their own um, and they did it with good financial backing. Um, And because they did that, they were able to go to market with a very, very clever app. Now what we do is because the travel industry is so, so big, there's no one provider that's going to be able to capture that entire market. It's all about how does the industry come together and solve it together because of all of the um, uh, trends and all of the buyer behaviour. Now is the best time to be able to do this. But it takes leaders and it takes the 3%ers and the 15%ers uh, to step up, to start communicate and start working out what that actual um, innovation needs to be. So most tourism businesses are global. The biggest challenge is governments are too local and don't see the global picture and we need to unite on purpose. So when you are making a change at that level, it might include making a change at government. Yeah. Well, what what also happens here is, um, I mean, like Lindsay Lindsay and I were talking about this the other day, I mean, the whole lobbying governments is, is, is over. Um, so, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't go and lobby a government to try and get them to change something uh, because they're, what they're waiting for is they're waiting for the community to tell them at large what it is they need to be doing because once the community says, no, no, government, this is what we want, then the government then turn around and say, well, that, if that's what the community wants, um, then it's the community campaign that changes the governments and gets the governments to shift their thinking around this. And um, we've been talking about that um, on our programs, actually, and saying to people that lobbying is a trend of the past. 
and we're moving from lobbying to campaigning together because when you lobby to governments you're all signing a petition and asking the government for permission could we please make this change and they'll put it into parliament and then they'll all have a conversation about it and then they won't do anything about it and that's <laughs> so not being generalist sometimes they won't do anything about it and so what we say to people is move from lobbying to campaigning together and what that means is uniting together on a cause on a purpose we've seen huge people campaigning together through the pandemic on a cause and actually making huge shifts globally and that's speed to market and when you come together and educate the market that's key we need to be able to understand that people understand that they don't want to get on a plane all the time but they're desperate to travel like tim said people are storing up their dreams i loved that line that you said you know waiting to travel and get on a plane again so we need to educate the market on how to do that how do we get on how do we consume in a different way and that has to come from the industry the industry campaigning together because the only way people are going to understand how to do that is from you from people coming together and actually all getting together discussing the market need understanding what the trends are and campaigning together and then you will make a shift because if one person does it and 10 people does do it then 100 people do it then 1000 people do it and before you know it you've got a whole global united group of people all coming together and that's what you need to do you take one person and it, and then it and then it leads a trend what i would say is in my old world tim just referenced 3% leaders and 15% influencers i came from a consumer trends background and i worked with very big brands across the world and how we broke a trend was knowing that you needed the 3% leaders to break the trend and 15% influencers to influence the market And so we used to get both. We would make sure that we had the three percent leaders that would inspire the people to break the trend. And those three percent leaders tended to be the people that were the innovation, the ones that were leading at the front, pioneering something new. And then the influencers sometimes had more influence and got more reach and more PR than the leaders did. But they were the ones that really had the influence. They had the networks. They had the channels. and when we broke a trend we needed both the 3% leaders and the 15% influencers and we've been going out calling to for action from industries and saying are you the 3% leader that wants to go out and we are now looking for the people to come around that and be able to inspire the influencers as well are you a 15% influencer what you do is you look to get the 3% and the 15% and drive it into the mainstream you drive the trends into the mainstream so is it that we're driving the trend of conscious consumption into the mainstream are we driving in global are we driving in that we need to move from being faceless to being a face are we driving in the fact that we all need to stand up for the industry and help people un- to understand what the industry looks like for the 21st century because the only way that we shift is by shifting together the only way we unite is by creating unity together and so that is how we will make the shift for the industry can i also mention here that i mean a critical element to this whole um change and and reboot for and uh, the the kickstarting of the tourism side of things again is how quickly we can remove fear uh from from the whole environment so we need a reality about how we manage the safety so that people can travel again without the fear of the of the pandemic um and 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 getting covid-19 or if they do travel they're going to have to quarantine wherever they go for 14 days so i mean the thing around that that's that whole scenario right now is being driven driven by a government agenda from what i can see um and it needs to be driven by the travel as well so that the travel is coming up with the solutions together so that therefore the governments can listen to the people that are actually in charge of the actual 
application of all, which is the actual travel experience. There's a, there's, a, there's a short-term absolute need to take the feed out and for the industry to get on the front foot with this, um, as well as to shift it ongoing um, so that, therefore, it's all about the safety and it's all about the experience and it's all about um, making sure that the whole of the, the consumer side of things is taken care of um, and that it's the individuals that are driving the agenda which is, and campaigning that, not based on a fear response but on a, on a, on a, a unity which is a very positive uh, for not just the industry but society. Brilliant point. So... Sarah, on the and on the whole uh, human response, um, obviously you work and you with with us with Bob and also with Nab, you did a huge campaign around the people brands and the human response. Could you add in on the point around faceless to face and why the need for a human response now? Yeah, absolutely. It's such an important point, and I think particularly for the industry. Because we now is the time that although everything has shut down, we're looking at what do we need to do differently. And now is the time we've actually got time in the businesses to start focusing on this and focusing on understanding that when we come out of this, we've looked at all of the trends through this, when we come out, one of the biggest things people are going to be looking for is the emotional connection with your brand, but more importantly, with the people behind the brand. Brands used to be quite, Tim talked about fear, and there can be fear behind bringing people to the face of the brand. But we're not talking about just choosing one person to put one person superficially on the face of the brand. It really is about getting your business to understand what is the purpose of the business and then working with every single person in the business. When we work with brands and we work on with the face of the brand, we don't just work with the leadership team. It's actually understanding every person's own way in and emotional connection into that purpose. And when they can find their own own reason for being and and their supporting purpose to the business purpose, that's what gets them out of bed every day. That's what gets them talking, connecting with people because they've found their drive and they've found what it is that that their difference that they want to be they want to make in the world and that they want to be known for in the world. So I know that there's you know so many messages that we've given you today. I think some of the key messages that I think are actionable that you can take away and start to really focus on, because if we're going to unite on purpose, if we're going to unite in the industry and make these changes and shape the industry into what it needs to be, then individually as each business, we need to understand what is our purpose? Uh, what is the purpose of our business? We need to understand the emotional connection. So Tim spoke about um, understanding the emotional connection with your who, so your audience. And the third one is understanding your asset. So what is it about you that makes you do you really well? And um, it's like what's the special herbs and spices that sit within the business? When you're really clear on those three pieces, that's what, we, that's what make up the DNA of your brand, then you're able to, to talk to people and have a different conversation. And that's why it's so important to, to, to bring your people brand in here because it's about changing the conversation completely and taking it up to that purpose level and that societal level conversation. So, Linz, did you want to talk about any other next steps for people from this point? Yeah, thank you. So, um, as you know, we are um, we we are uniting on purpose. Bob as a business is a purpose-led platform, Bob Earth, and we connect businesses all around the world to trade. And we are uniting on purpose, and we are uniting on different industries. So we're uniting on health, we're uniting on manufacturing, on retail, on finance, and so forth. And one of the best things that you might want to look at is if you go on to boburth.com, on the home page, we have a beautiful video and it's all around how we connect people to Unite so that they can trade with each other to impact change in the world. And it's a very inspiring video. And if you watch that video, I think that will really enable you. It's only three minutes. It will enable you to really understand the true DNA of 
why we're here, why Bob even exists, what we were here to do. And what I would say is, if you are interested, then come and unite on purpose with us. We do have a foundation called the L&D Foundation. And what we're looking to do is um, to be able to provide our IP, our education, which we've been running all around the world to people and businesses to help them get back on their feet and move from a 20th century business model to a 21st century business model. And we have this partnered with Bonnelly so that we are able to provide this to the industry of travel tourism to be able to get them back on their feet. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Tim, as well. Incredible input, as always. If anyone would like to hear more during our series over the next 10 weeks from Lindsay, Tim or Sarah, because there's opportunity to obviously bring Lindsay, Tim and Sarah back in, if you feel that that would be of benefit during our conversations, but we'll certainly be bringing you across that and what we're going to be doing with Business of Brand in this journey. Our next webinars are actually going to start um, from next Thursday, the 22nd. So we're moving from the Wednesday to Thursday, but it will be every Thursday after that at the same time. And we'll actually be covering a lot of global destination leaders um, who I'm talking about countries that have successfully either in the advanced planning stage for reopening um, from the pandemic or um, are still in that process, but actually have some innovation to share. So we'll be talking about a lot of that um, in this time. I'd like to also thank Forum, Crippen Events and Marketing for assisting us behind the scenes today with the webinar series. They've been incredible in pivoting their own business in this time and supporting businesses such as ourselves. Um, I really want to thank everyone for attending today um, and you know, hopefully we can get through a lot more questions over the coming weeks as well, but we'll certainly be doing a lot to, to unite together and, and to take that forward. So thank you for your support of Bonnelly and being part of shaping the future of tourism. We look forward to you joining next week.